you're listening to Hidden by Design, a podcast about the stuff that you didn't know about design. My name's Martin, and this is... Hidden by Design. Nailed it. Oh, yeah, and my main name is Torbjörn. <laughs> now we, the podcast starts. And uh, Yeah, we should start recording now. Are you not recording? <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to learn about time. Time and design. And as you hear, I'm a little bit stuffed in the nose. But I think it's gonna it's gonna go fine. So we're going to learn about like originally it was about Parkinson's law, and I'm gonna tell you what Parkinson's law is in a moment, and I'm pretty sure you can relate to it. Mm. Um, we changed the subject to time because time is really really central. And I was looking through all of our episodes and what we had planned, and there was no time. And I thought, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is there no time? That's that's so crucial and essential to design to understand it, at least. So we will learn what time is because a lot of people think they know what time is, but it's actually pretty complicated. We're going to learn a little bit about Parkinson's law, the gold gradient effect. We're going to learn about elevators and time, <laughs> and then a little bit about FOMO and scarcity and a lot of other things. Uh, and I hope that... that <laughs> We'll make it through the day or the episode in in the allotted time slot. Like, make it through the day. That is a long episode. Not <laughs> not editing that. <laughs> but let's see. Let's see if we can make it through the episode first, and then we're going to take the day afterwards. So, Martin, will you take us through the quote of the day? I will take us through the quote of the day. Everything is relative, and only that is absolute and that is by Auguste Comte or Comte I don't like it's French he's a French philosopher Comte. <laughs> from 70 yeah Comte <laughs> from the 1700s oh okay and so a lot of people probably know Einstein using this in his uh, relativity thing mm and it's closely tied, like it's tied together. So he was a philosopher in France in 1700. And the story about him is actually quite interesting. So, so if you have time, you should look that up. But when it comes to Einstein, though, then he came with that and said, everything is relative. And I was waiting at the hospitals a month ago or so. And there was a big poster there because we were waiting and it was in the cancer kind of department. So there's a lot of waiting and a lot of people who is on patient. And so they put up a big poster about time, which was really nice, neat. And I was sitting together with my girlfriend and we was reading through it. And one of them said, time comes in two shapes, physical time and experience time. And I think that kind of, that really, really puts the, the quote into perspective because everything is relative and only that is absolute, absolute. <laughs> Fine detail there. <laughs> Obsolete. But especially, and especially if we're talking about design, then the difference between physical time and experience time is very, very important. So let me come with an example. I'll like give you an example. A minute is a minute, right? It has 60 seconds. 
that's physical time, it does not change. There's no difference between, you know, two minutes. However, if you experience minutes, there is a big difference. It's, you know, waiting for Christmas Eve takes a long time if you're a kid, right? But it's still the same amount of time. So there's a difference in one minute and one experienced minute, how long time takes. So, and I guess that leads on to the difference between being in the moment. It's like experiencing time. So when you're waiting for Christmas Eve as a kid and then reflecting upon time that was spent, right? So you have these these different, like these are the elements of time. And when you look at it from that perspective, then it's like you, you have to split that up. And so if you start with the element of, it's like, so physical time, we just take that out. Because as a designer, obviously it's important, but the experience time, it's like as entertain, it's like as creator of something creative, the, the experience time is the most important. Uh, that's what counts. Like if you, if you can make an hour feel like a minute or vice versa, that's kind of, that's, that's the, that's the stuff you're after as a, as a, as a designer and as a creator. When time flies, you're having fun. Exactly. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking about another example uh, that's kind of the opposite of waiting for Christmas. It goes really slow for kids. So we had a, uh, for ref for a reference point, it's just after Christmas that we're recording this. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we went to we were going to a family party the other day, and there was going to be loads of people there that we don't see that often. So my kids were a little bit nervous about it. So the time leading up to the party that day for them went really quickly because they were dreading it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In instead of you know going slowly because they were looking forward to it, it was the the absolute opposite. Yeah. Um. So time also flies when you're when you're not having fun when you're dreading something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really interesting, right? So if you look at it afterwards, you know, estimating how long things take. So how long did it take to wait? If you ask them now, it might be different from oh. when you're asked them when they're in the moment. And so one of the things that makes tasks or things appear as taking longer time is when you're processing or using your brain, like... If we go back to the the second episode of season one, the brain, I think it was called. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. We had like, you know, the reflective part and the automatic part of the brain in hence Kahneman and all of that stuff, right? So if you're reflecting or using your brain as it's like the cognitive part of it, then you will remember the tasks to take longer. If you're paying attention in the now while you're experiencing it, it's like paying attention to the time, it will it will take longer, right? It will feel longer or it will feel like it's it's a change. Depending on right, depending on the situation, if you feel good, it might be different. And as your kids, 
you know, they were paying attention to, oh, how far is it? And time felt like it was going too fast. And so it all depends on, again, the situation and the environment that you're in. Right. And now we're back at episode one. <laughs> what is design? I was going to link back to another episode as well. <laughs> this yeah, is, yeah. We're coming in heavy with the previous episode. <laughs> the phrase that I said, uh, time flies when you're having fun, is it linked quite heavily to episode five, flow? So time flies when you're having flow. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I actually decided not to put that in here. But that's that's exactly that's exactly right, right? So with flow, time actually seems to cease to exist. You're not aware. You don't pay attention to time. That's a moment. That's one of the moments you know you're in in, in flow, is when you're not paying attention to to time. When time becomes uninteresting, right? You're just there with your task. So so and we could go into that, but. I think maybe we shouldn't. So listen listen to episodes one, two, and five. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing, right? And and there's a lot more, but uncertainty. And I, I just think that that's like these three, I, I'll tell a story later that explains why we're there. Uh, but uncertainty, there's like one of my, I think maybe I referenced him before, H.P. Lovecraft, the guy who wrote Call of Cthulhu. He wrote this book and he talks about horror stories and how to, or he wrote a, a article about how to write horror stories. And one of the things that he writes there, and which is, you know, also proven in various other places is that the most scary thing in this world is uncertainty, right? So, so in movies, scary movies, you will notice that you won't be afraid of the monster. You'll be afraid of not seeing the monster or not knowing where it is. It's the same. You're not afraid of the dark. You're afraid of, you know, the stuff you can't see in the, or the uncertainty of the dark, right? So because darkness in itself isn't really scary. So uncertainty will also make you focus on time and it's like it will make time feels like it's going slow or fast depending on what's happening, right? And so the perception of time is just really, really important. I think there's a few other things that I want to mention just before we go on to the next topic, and that is the value of time. And so research show that people value time just as much as they value money, if not more, right? So, and that, this is the brain. So when you think about time, time is a currency for the brain. It is like, it, it's, it's taxing time. If it perceives that something takes a lot of time, it will, it will, it will value, it's like it will put the value in, it's like, how long is this going to take? Then anchoring, anchoring is like the anchoring effect. I can't remember if we talked about that. We did. In deceptive design, I think. Mm, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> so, but anchoring works as well, right? So anchoring is, we, just to remind everyone, is that we put a reference point and then that reference point, again, my current experience depends on my previous experience or the context I'm in, the environment I'm in. Right. So anchoring is setting that. And it's like, it, it's just as simple as you, you'll 
be deceptive <laughs> designed by a bank advisor, which is not really an advisor or it's an advisor for the bank. But they will they will put in anchoring as part of the sales pitch when they want to give you a loan or stuff like that. They will talk about high numbers first and then get to the pricing and your the cost for your late. And the reason is they anchoring very high numbers. So that means that the relation is like the the relative that you're in in terms of numbers feels lower. So the price doesn't seem as high as it actually is. And so that's deceptive. And the last thing we want to talk about here or just, you know, at least mention is countdown timers. So, you know, the scarcity effect, which is if there's not a, if there's not enough humans kind of crave and it comes way back from where we're you know walking on the savannah we want it like we wanted to make sure that we had enough to eat and had enough right so whenever you pretend that there's not enough we we become actionable and we want to take it so this is what you see when you see these fake timers on different sites or even real timers they're there to make you purchase more and they work really really well and so it's a countdown timer that says in you know one day this offer will be gone and it it it, it you know it gets you to to act and you know and purchase stuff mm. something i've been playing a game i can't even remember what it's called now but it's a, a matching game and it just dumps loads of objects on the screen like footballs shoes toy cars and they're all jumbled up and it's like a heap of stuff and you just have to match them against the timer and when it the clock first starts it's like 10 minutes and you think oh, i've got loads of time yeah to do this and you're just happily pressing around then all of a sudden at the end it goes red and the, the last minute and you start panicking so the scarcity i've got not got much time left so my action there is going faster trying to yes. do it really quickly till to, to complete it till the end exactly um but also in that in that middle chunk i lose that time because i'm just happily in in, in the game oh yeah, yeah yeah you're actually oh so but this is this is perfect martin so if you hold that thought and just repeat it in a moment <laughs> it's early i'm not sure that's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> there's also fomo ah. so so the fear of missing out and uh, that that goes more in a social direction but if you kind of if you do the countdown timer and then say you're gonna miss out, then then uh, off a social engagement that that also works really well. So so but it's like typically you have to be careful because that's really deceptive. We have three rules that I wanted to just mention here. There's a peak end rule. There's a Parkinson law and the gold gradient effect. And the Parkinson law and gold gradient effect really ties r well into the example you just came with. Uh, if we start with the peak end rule and, and the experience of time, right? So when you're having an experience, you seem to remember best the peak, like the part of the experience that had the best experience and then the end and your perception of time is actually also influenced by this so if at the peak or the thing that you remember from the middle of a presentation 
was, oh man, <laughs> this this goes on for long. And then the end of it is like, ah, oh, finally it's done. Mm. Then that's what you're going to remember. You're going to remember a meeting that seemed to drag on forever because that's your experience. So you really want to end your, ex just like your presentations, PowerPoint presentations with uh, some things exciting so that people don't <laughs> remember it as being, being, being really bad. But then we go to Parkinson's law and Parkinson's law is, it's like, it comes, it's, it's an old, it was actually originally stated as a joke that no matter what, you will fill in and inflate your tasks until all of the available time is spent. This was coined by a guy called Parkinson's. Now, this is embarrassing. I can't remember his first name, but he, he made this. And, and he made it in terms of if you, if someone from an official building will say this is going to take a week, then it's going to take a week. And if, even if the task is really, really small, the task will inflate until all available time is spent. However, the, you know, the joke was, was nice because in the end, it's, it seemed like that <laughs> this actually counts for you know, people playing match three games, just like the, you did, right? So you have 10 minutes <laughs> and you will make the time fit. But, and this kind of ties into the goal gradient effect. So Parkinson's law and goal gradient effect are kind of opposites or a little bit opposites, right? So the goal gradient effect says, as people get closer to a reward, they speed up their behavior to get to the goal faster. So an example of this is, you know, the stamp, like in the coffee shop, you get these stamp cards. Yeah. So there you kind of have, you have the, you know, every time you buy a coffee, you get a stamp. And so a lot of research was made on this. And, and the closer you get to having the full cup of coffee, the more coffee you will buy. Like you'll get more wow. aggressive on your purchases and, you know, at, at paying attention to it. Right now, I only need three more stamps. Let me just remember that card, right? And so what they found was that even if it's not you who made the progress, you will act faster to get to the reward. So if they stop by just giving you two stamps, it feels like they're giving you a reward, but in reality, they're actually just making you move faster. Mm. And that's a little bit deceptive design, I would say, but that's it, right? So getting to getting to to your game from yesterday is really clever because it's taking it's taking making use of both of these, right? So you're getting closer to the end, and you really want to like you're seeing at the end, and then on top of it, they put on they put on the go gradient effect. And then they have Parkinson's law where they give you what seems to be a lot of time in the beginning. And so you're happily kind of, but you're moving, it's like, it's like you're writing an essay in school, right? You're moving everything to the end because you're taking it easy to begin with. But then as you're moving towards the goal, you start to get eager, but then you have the time pressure. So you kind of, it's like there's multiple layers of, of time and the aspect of time there. So just quickly, question about Parkinson's law. Yeah? I'm going to talk about going to the toilet. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so can it tie together with a second task? So any task will inflate until all of the time is spent. So for example, I go to the toilet, I sit down, I'm done in five minutes. Yeah. Whereas if I'm playing that game that's got a 10-minute timer, the task of going to the toilet has inflated to 10 minutes because I want to finish that that round on that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's that's an interesting question. It's like, I think Parkinson's law, you need a deadline. You need to, it's like if a meeting, just if you're sitting in a meeting with someone and you allot it one hour, then you're going to spend that hour typically. If you set it to half an hour, you're going to spend half an hour. You're going to do the same stuff you did in one hour. You're just going to do it in half an hour. And so I think for Parkinson's law to be in effect, you have to go to the toilet and say, I'm going to spend five minutes. And then you're going to sit there for five minutes, uh, even though you're done in two. So we're now fast running out of time. And I have two examples that I want to talk about. And I uh, maybe you have some examples as well. I'm just stealing the show today. <laughs> it's just... It's all good. It's all good. You're doing well. It's a good performance. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> so this is like everyone on my team will will kind of go like, ah, oh, yeah, he's telling me the story now. The story about elevators. <laughs> I just think it's such a brilliant. Uh, and I think it's like at the first day of me starting design school, I can't remember, like 20 years ago or something like that. I it's like on my very first day on design school, there was a teacher, or I can't even remember who it was, but he told a story about design. And I really, really like that story. And it's just stuck with me because it summarized everything I actually needed to know about design. And it's a story about an elevator in a building, office building, that's going to slow. And so... Everyone is complaining that it's too slow. And so they hire an engineer and a designer to kind of fix the problem. Can you fix this problem? The elevator is too slow. So the engineer and the designer goes in, they brainstorm, they kind of look, can we make the engine faster? Well, it feels uncomfortable. You know, if we just drop the elevator when it's going down, we can really make it go fast, but it doesn't feel right, right? And it's the same up. So it just, it just really feels wrong every solution to come up with feels a little bit strange right then in the end they come up with a brilliant solution and the solution is they install a mirror in the elevator and all of the complaints go away and i think that's that kind of sums up what good design is so we all know that taking that elevator maybe it took 45 seconds right 45 seconds physical time is not a lot. But if you're standing there and you have nothing else to do, you're just waiting for time to pass, 45 seconds can seem like a long time. So what do you do? You entertain people. And how do you entertain people? You know, you show them themselves. <laughs> this, this links quite nicely, the entertainment part. One of my goals as a voiceover, is to do the voice in a lift. Mm. Um, like, first floor, second floor, etc. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's there's a couple of places in London, I think, that have got 
voices in the lifts to entertain people. So when it's going up, it will go, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> going down, ooh. And, That's and, you know, really, really nice. Silly stuff like that. I think that is a well. It's just another form of, of keeping people engaged, isn't it? It is. It's another form of of mirrors, but it's absolutely amazing because that is that's just that's a mirror on steroids, right? You really entertain people. Yeah. There was actually my middle son who's seventeen. He worked in the cinema that also had that on the toilets. <laughs> Uh, then the last thing I have is progress bars. So I fell in a rabbit hole, I have to admit, because it was recent. <laughs> there was, there was, <laughs> people have done science in this, and I was kind of getting into a reading papers uh, rabbit hole. Because obviously the reason why progress bars have been invented was to make time feel like, like it's just another mirror, right? It's, if we go back to H.P. Lovecraft's horror, scary what's scary, it's uncertainty. And when you're loading something you and you don't know when it's going to be done, that kind of taps into that fear thing that you have. It's, so, so we're talking about micro, micro emotions, right? Uncertainty makes you scared and makes you uncomfortable which makes you experience time as longer. So by putting in a progress bar, your experience of time becomes less because now you have, you know, you have a sense of progress. You have a sense of when is the task, not like when is it ready? So if you're compiling, like if you're, when you're compiling or compressing or it's like finalizing, exporting your sound, after you're done with it, right? Sometimes I guess it can take 20 minutes or something like that. But just imagine that exporting a video or exporting a video, you wouldn't have a progress bar and you wouldn't know how long approximately you want it, it's like it would take. Then it would feel like it was going to take a long time, like waiting for 20 minutes without knowing, is it going to be 20 minutes? Is it going to be three hours? You have no sense of progress. And so adding the progress bar is just another mirror, really. Um, and then the research was made on, it's like the, the progression of the progress bar is if it's linear, if it's a, you know, it starts fast and ends slow, or it starts slow and ends fast, right? What's the experience? It's like the perceived experience afterwards of, of time. I'm going to spare you the detail, but just, you know, for anyone listening who's making progress bars, the two progress bars that makes time feel the least long is the one where it's just linear, right? It's just steadily going throughout. So it shows a, a you know, depiction of how long is this task going to be or where it speeds up at the end. But neither of these is better. Like they work equally. Uh, the one where it's fast to the begin to begin with and then slows down makes time feel longer have that when installing playstation games it can it can come to like exactly. 97 98 you're like oh it's nearly there and then it just stops for five minutes <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and that actually that's like even though it has a negative effect it's still better than nothing 
because it's it's showing. But that there's like I guess that they then have a timer so that it shows that it's active and something is still going on. So so they use multiple because I guess that like in software that's one of the problems is so you never know how long things are going to take. Uh, so you can just make an estimation and you can kind of guess as a as an engineer how long it's going to take. <laughs> But you don't know. So making a progress bar can sometimes be a little bit challenging. I guess it depends on other factors like system space and memory and all that sort of, you know, or remaining. Exactly. And if you're talking to external services like cloud services, also you're then relying on what are you going to feed them? Like there's a lot of stuff going on. But this is it. This was the episode about time. Do you have any questions, Martin? How did that time go so quickly? Oh, you've just told me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> so, but do you have any questions? Is there anything that's unclear? I, I don't think so. I, I, how, how can someone, how can a parent, more specifically, <laughs> <laughs> slow down time? So, the, like the perception of kids growing up, for example. So everyone always oh. says, oh, they've grown up so fast. And I, and I think maybe, and I try to do this a lot, is be be more in the moment so you're experiencing more of the good stuff than it just passing by so uh, yeah put your phones down yeah put your phone <laughs> like, be, be it, a parent a double on that uh i read some some research like this is a completely changed but i actually i had this experience with my older son he's 21 and he's moving out and it's like it's the most horrible thing it's like it's it's really really horrible uh, for me. He's looking forward to it. Obviously, uh, I had this experience of sitting down and actually having a grown up conversation with him, and I just in that moment just paying attention to that moment. It was absolutely amazing. I think you know the putting the phone down. Let me just end on this. I read some research some years ago about phones. And the generation that's coming up right now, where we as parents and our parents, everyone is kind of yelling about how phones are bad. However, our generation are the ones who is worst as using it. So it's kind of, it's like, it's, it's a little bit <laughs> double there, paradoxical. Like we're saying, put down your phone, but we're, we're the worst, right? The kids are kind of learning how to do it. However, there's one thing, and that is, um, my brother, you know, said the the best a kid can get is positive attention. The next best thing a kid can get is negative attention, and the worst thing you can give a kid is no attention. All right. So in this one, we learned what time was, like the difference between physical and and emotional or experience time, right? We learned a little bit about Parkinson's law and how you will fill out time. If you have an allotted, you know, time slot, you will fill it out with whatever task you're supposed to do there. Uh, and and the brain is kind of brilliant at making sure you go at the right pace to fill out the time. Uh, we learned about the goal gradient effect. The closer you are to a goal, the faster you will go. This is good when you're kind of writing essays. We learned about elevators and mirrors, <laughs> my my favorite design story. And I hope I didn't talk about it in the previous episode. I might have. And then the FOMO and scarcity effect. We talked a little bit about that as well. 
Anything we missed? No, I think it's time to go. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hidden by Design. You can find out more about us at hiddenbydesign.net or you can find us on LinkedIn. My name is Martin Wiskin. This is Torbjorn Lingard Sorensen. Yes, got it. That's good. You can also like, subscribe, follow the podcast on all of the platforms. That's important. Do follow it on all of the platforms. Give us five stars and an excellent review, please, as well. Thank you. Can I say something? No. We love you. I said something anyways. I'm a bad boy. What's the key to a good joke? Uh, is, is this the joke? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I knew that one as well. <laughs>